turn around and just say good morning to somebody next to you. Let's be a community. Hopefully everyone who's uh, new in church feels a good welcome and it's good to see lots of familiar faces too. Uh, we've got a really special Sunday. Uh, I've forgotten why, Joe. What's the reason? <laughs> Joking. We've got uh, just a fantastic couple with us and um, I'd love in a moment just to welcome those and they're going to speak this morning. Uh, but really, if you are new in church, we're in a process at the moment of finding some uh, new senior pastors. We've been in this building, I think, a couple of years now, two and a half, three years and uh, we are just loving seeing what God's doing in and through this community of believers. Uh, and then Joe and I, around about six months ago, were chatting to the leadership team and said, actually, we believe that although we'd love to stay a part of the church, actually the greater days are ahead of it. And it's about time, about time, we had some full-time senior pastors. And everyone said, thank the Lord you finally admitted to that. Great. Been thinking it for months. And so the search is on, as Alan Sugar would say, for who God has got. For who God has got. Uh, for this role. And we're delighted this morning as you guys come and just really, you're, you're searching, aren't you? Thinking, Lord, what have you got for us? And we are too. And so without fur- further ado, why don't we put our hands together for a big T-side welcome to Mike and Joe Sutton. Wow. <laughs> that worship was just absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Keith. Where are you, Keith? You were... Thank you, thank you, and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, Yeah, we're just so grateful to see you. And can I just say, good morning, Teesside Vineyard. (laughs) This is Joe, as Elijah's introduced us. And um, yeah, we just, we enjoyed meeting some of your leaders. And I just wanted to share with you that they really care about you. They really care about God. They love you so much. And thank you so much to Teresa for organizing all of this. <laughs> Joe for organizing the, the Premier Inn. <laughs> and Jeanette and Paul, you've been amazing. Of course, <laughs> Rick and Paula, we can never forget you. So thank you so much. We're going to share with you some thoughts today uh, about the local church and the importance and potential of it. Joe's going to share about the importance of the church, and then I'm going to share some reflections on the potential. And we just hope that this encourages you as a body and grows you and equips you. So I thought before we start, it would be good just to introduce a little bit about ourselves and who we are. So um, Mike, as you might have guessed from the accent, is not from the UK. Um, So Mike is from Zimbabwe um, in Southern Africa. And he moved to the UK, to London, um, in 2004. Um, I am um, from the UK. I grew up in Cambridgeshire, rural, rural Cambridgeshire, um, and I moved to London in 2006. Um, we've been, both been there since. Um, and about four and a half years ago, um, 
after we, just after we got married, we decided um, we needed to move, God wanted us to move to a local church to where we were, we were living, and that happened to be a vineyard church, and we've just loved being a part of that church um, and really seeing Jesus at work through his local church in the local community. So um, that's a little bit about us. I think you'll have more time over lunch to kind of chat to us as well. So. Um, and, you know, as we've kind of been part of that church, we've just seen, like I say, God and um, Jesus be at work. So we've done things, um, you know, as we've stepped out, out of our comfort zones um, and we've been equipped in power evangelism, going onto the streets and seeing Jesus at work on the streets. We've befriended some refugees um, and kind of seen them come to church. Um, and we've really just been seeing God build his church, not according to our plans and purposes, um, but according to his. And that's been a really beautiful thing to see. So I thought the first thing I'd do this morning as we kind of think about the local church and the importance and potential is what do you think of when you hear the word church? Um, Perhaps you think of a building. We're in a building, a traditional church building at the moment. Maybe it's a building. Maybe it's a Sunday meeting like we're in as well. Um, Perhaps it's about the church providing social care and provision in the community. Or maybe it's somewhere that you come um, and you learn about Jesus. Um, um, But in the Bible, all of those things are true. But in the Bible, we see that God tells us that the church is his bride. It's his chosen people. And it's his body through which he brings his kingdom on earth. And so why are local churches like Teesside Vineyard and why are they important? Well, there's lots that we can say as we look at the Bible, um, and we're not going to be able to cover everything this morning, you'll be glad to know. Um, But we do want to look at, um, I'm going to look at the book of Ephesians, really, um, and what Paul kind of shares to the church in Ephesus about the importance of the local church. And there are three points that I want to make this morning. Um, One is that the local church is God's workmanship. The second is that the local church is God's plan for community and discipleship among believers. And the third is that the local church is the vehicle for reaching the world. So the first point, as I said, is God's, uh, the local church is God's workmanship. And according to Paul in Ephesians, both in chapter 5 and in chapter 2, he says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And that in him, that's in Jesus, you too, so the church, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So the first reason that the church is important is that Jesus died for it and that he is building it. It's his workmanship, as I said. It's his love. Teesside Vineyard is not, it's not Elijah and Joe's church. It's not even your church. Um, It's Jesus's church and he is building it. And whatever um, challenges and changes happen over the coming months and years, be assured that Jesus is in control and he is building his church. Yes, he appoints pastors and leaders and trustees to oversee it and to help take care of it, to um, teach, do administration, discipleship, pastoral care. But ultimately, he's at work through it. And so what exactly is Jesus building? Well, again, we look at Ephesians 3, and it says this, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just think that's amazing, that there's something so wonderful and so profound about the local church that it reflects and reveals God's wisdom, not just to us as humans, but to heavenly beings too, to angels and others. And I think that's just incredible. And what is that manifold wisdom that's being revealed 
or that through the saving love of Jesus and the power of that resurrection, that Jews, which are kind of God's chosen people as revealed in the Old Testament, and Gentiles, which is pretty much everybody else, are being made into one new body, bringing peace and reconciliation to humanity and giving us access to our Heavenly Father. And this new body is the church. And people from all nations, all cultures, all backgrounds are welcome, young and old, rich and poor, those that left school with no qualifications and those that have got a degree. One thing that I've really valued about our current church is that we've had the opportunity to make friends with people that we might not otherwise have had the opportunity to make friends with, particularly people that are older than us as well, um, who've kind of experienced God's grace in good times and bad who can speak wisdom and pray and share God's love in our lives. Friends, too, who suffer from kind of significant mental health challenges as well. And just being able to see the sweet, precious relationship that they have with the Lord is a real encouragement and an inspiration for me. And we see in Ephesians 4 that Paul says, He calls us to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, to be completely humble and gentle, to be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort, he says, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So this unity goes deep, beyond preferences, beyond cultural traditions. It's the unity of the Spirit where a new culture, a kingdom culture, is developed. And in Ephesians three twenty-one, Paul says, that the church is to bring glory to God throughout all generations. Isn't that wonderful? That the church not only houses God's presence, but through his working through us, through the uniting us in our diversity, he is glorified. So my second point is that the local church is God's plan for community and for discipleship. Again, looking at Ephesians 4, Paul tells us that from Christ, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And we also see this in Mark 10, where Jesus says that no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. When we decide to follow Jesus, it's not that our families um, or our work are bad things, but we have to be prepared to put Jesus first in our lives. And sometimes that might mean, um, for some people, there's a, a kind of fear of death, really, from their families if, when, they, when they decide to follow Jesus. For others, and probably for most of us, um, it might mean some awkward conversations and things that we say no to that we might previously have said yes to. But the wonderful thing that we see in this passage is that Jesus has said, that he will provide a hundred times as much as we lose, not just in eternity, but now, today. And the the thing is, that plan is through the local church. The challenge, I think for us, is are we willing to be inconvenienced in order to genuinely be family to people as they say yes to Jesus? Not just to provide, as wonderful as it is, kind of surface-level chat on a Sunday, but really live lives together. Part of my journey in coming to faith was that I lost a lot of my friends. I lost my home and I lost a lot of money. And I was in my mid-twenties and my family lived far away. And I could have been very lonely. It could have been a really difficult time for me. But God was so, so gracious and he gave me a new spiritual family and friends. People in my church who walked alongside me as I figured out my new faith. 
who corrected me and helped me onto the right path when I wandered, who themselves were so full of grace and love and patience as time and again they helped me, taught me, prayed with me and showed me the way to follow Jesus. And yeah, we were just hearing a bit of that this morning, weren't we, from those two testimonies of just how God works through each each of us in his church. And it's through the local church that we grow as believers and become more like Jesus. And this is what we refer to as discipleship. And again, in Ephesians 4, we see that God has given the local church apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to prepare his church for works of service. And the local church is therefore important because it's not only where we're practically cared for, but it's where we're spiritually cared for too. Where we encounter the Holy Spirit, where we're taught scripture and applications for our lives, where we learn about who Jesus is and who we are in him. We're encouraged and equipped to live lives worthy of that calling that we've received. And he's made each one of us unique. He's given us each unique gifts as we see in Ephesians 2. And he's planned those gifts, those things that he wants us to do, before we were even born. And it's in this context of the local church that we get to flourish in those gifts and to grow in those gifts and to serve him in the unique way that he's made us to serve, to build each other up, to enable the local church to function and to bring glory to God. And then my third point is that the local church is God's vehicle for reaching the world. So as well as building up the local church, the body, we're not just to stay in our kind of cozy, comfortable friendships in the church, but we're also called to go out of the church and to reach others, to be generous, to be Jesus's hands and feet to people in our local community, to share his love and to preach his good news, to bring his presence and his kingdom into our world, wherever that might be. And that's not just the job of the pastors, it's not the job of just the paid members of staff, but it is the job of each and every one of us that make up the body. And as we see from Acts 1 and Matthew 28, we're called to go and make disciples who make disciples. We're called to be witnesses of God's grace to those near and far. And in um, Ephesians 5, Paul tells us to be children of light, so that being filled with the Spirit, our lives reflect the glory of God to those around us. So in summary, the importance of the local church is that it's God's workmanship. It's the place and his plan for community and discipleship amongst his people, and it's his vehicle for reaching the world. So um, (laughs) I'm now going to hand over to Mike, who's going to talk us about the potential of the local church. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I love it how Jesus calls his church his bride. It reminds me of my wedding day, all the butterflies and excitement of declaring my love to the one person who I want to build the rest of my life with. For us to reveal all our secrets, our weaknesses, our desires, and to realize the dreams that God has for us. It's confirmation to me that Jesus wants to have a similar relationship with his local church. And not just uh, the local church uh, across the world, but here in Teesside, where he can organically mold us and attend to our needs. Now, there's so much potential that Jesus' local church can bring, but as I was preparing and praying, I felt there were three areas 
that I hope you find helpful. As I do this, I would like us to consider two important promises Jesus makes about his church. In Matthew 16, 18, when Peter confesses Jesus is Messiah, Jesus makes this statement. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And before he ascends to heaven in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'd like to propose to you that we are acting out this promise today. It's amazing how 2,000 years later, in this very moment, 2,330 miles from Galilee, where these promises were made, in a local church in Teesside, we are living it out. We are living it out, church. We are living it out. As Christianity has spread across all four corners of the earth, I am humbled and reminded that it all came from one single local church. A group of followers obedient to Jesus gathered in Jerusalem to the scene where their Lord went through a horrific death, tortured, hung on a cross, and died. Just think of the risk that they took. It was a group no, a little bit larger than this group. They came together in an upper room and waited on the Lord's promise. Those two promises. There were more, but those two. And this is my first point. The local church has the potential to extend beyond our imagination. Imagine. Imagine local, teas, uh, local churches planted across the Tees Valley. And imagine the impact it would have as God calls men and women like you from those communities to take the good news of Jesus to other areas of the Northeast, the UK, Europe, and the world. Now, after the Holy Spirit had fell on them, the local church began to do these things. And they appear very, very countercultural to, what, to, to those days as they are today. As it says in Acts 2.44-47, all believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions and to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all people. Imagine. Imagine inviting a stranger to your home. Imagine having something to eat with them 
Imagine giving them a place to sleep. Are you getting uncomfortable? Some of us might be. Now imagine selling all your property and possessions and giving it to those in need. Absolutely everything. I want to be honest with you, I find this very challenging. But this is what the first local church did. They committed absolutely everything to God. Everything to Jesus. And through the Holy Spirit's guiding, they felt that they could take a risk and be vulnerable with one another. By sharing their food, homes, and lives, the local church built up a trust and became strengthened in their messy experiences. This was to such an extent, when Stephen was martyred, instead of it shrinking, it spilt over to Judea, over Judea and into the rest of the world. In Acts 10, Peter goes to see a Roman centurion. I'd like you to think of the strength and courage it must have taken him, an ordinary fisherman, now the leader of the local church, to attend the courts of a Roman centurion, Cornelius. Remember, the local church back then didn't have the freedom to worship like we've just done. They didn't have the freedom to preach the good news on the streets. They were being targeted as trouble causes and revealing themselves could result in death. But look at what their trust and courage won them. A movement of God that crossed social and racial boundaries, giving them position of power and authority. Amen. And this is my second point. The local church has the potential to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. And if God used Peter, just think what he could do with you. Yeah? Just think what he could do with you. Perhaps you can start a prayer meeting in your workplace. Perhaps you can intentionally get to know your neighbors and build local community. It blows my mind that God chooses broken people like me, like you, to share himself with others. And we don't have to be perfect. All we have to be is willing. And here's another promise Jesus gives us. That we, when we accept him as Lord and Savior of our lives, we immediately start living eternally. Not when we die and go to heaven. We start now, church. We start now. In John 14, verse 2, it says, my, father has, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And in Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, it confirms this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. 
And in him too, uh, sorry, in him you too are are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Paul reminds us that we need to remember that we were once on the outside. You were a stranger and somebody welcomed you in. Don't you think that this means that you should do all you can to bring those who are disconnected from eternal life into the local church? And this is my third point. The local church has the power to see people saved. Amen. So as a local church, let me ask you this question. What if you saw yourself as the only way that God could speak to people in the community. In the book of Acts, the gospel is only ever preached by a human mouth. Reflect on that fact. The people of Teesside, your city, your town, your street, your neighborhood, it's going to be through your mouth that they hear the gospel preached. Imagine. Imagine what the local church could do through invitation. Imagine across Teesside you see relationships restored, young people uh, confident in their identity, loneliness eradicated, and people freed from drug and alcohol addiction. In Croydon, I can testify to this glory. Our church decided for five minutes every Sunday, we would stop, we would stand and pray in tongues of prayers we wanted, free flow, Africa style, you'll know that, <laughs> and, pray, and, and, and pray against knife crime, that Jesus would prevent knife crime. And since then, statistics in 2019 show that knife crime has dropped by 50%. 50%. It's the, it's was the highest in in London, it's dropped by 50%. Perhaps the band could come up, please. But just to wrap up, the local church is important because it's God's workmanship. It's his plan for community and discipleship. It's his only plan. And it's his vehicle for reaching the world. In God's power, direction, and grace, this diverse group of people has the potential to extend beyond our imagination, turn the ordinary into the extraordinary, and see people saved as we build our church, reach our communities, and impact our world. Amen. Could you please stand?